Hello, and welcome to ECE in Rural BC, a podcast dedicated to exploring community, connection, and learning amongst educators in the early childcare and learning field, specifically through a local lens of rural and, Brit- and isolated British Columbia. Welcome to ECE in Rural BC. I'm Danielle Schmucker, and this is a podcast where we can grow the early childhood educator community in northern and rural BC. This podcast is supported by the Leading Change Initiative, which is sponsored by ECBC, Women and Gender Equality, and the Social Research Demonstration Corporation. I want to let you know right off the bat that any views or opinions expressed in this podcast are not the views and opinions of my sponsors. They are purely those of myself and my guests. This is episode two, and today I'll be interviewing Melissa Harris, a fellow member of the Leading Change Initiative who is in my cohort. We'll be talking about how deeply her communities have influenced and supported her in life and in being an educator. Before we talk with Melissa, I want to go over a couple things. First, I want to take a deep breath and acknowledge that the land I'm on belongs to the Seike Dene. As I do this, please take a moment to take your own deep breath and think about the land you're on and the history of it and its people. Then I'd like to take another deep breath and let my shoulders drop and my jaw unclench. I'm so glad to be here in this moment with you, wherever you are right now. The next thing that I want to do is thank you for being here. The ability to look at listener statistics is funny, and I'm awed and honored to see people from all over Canada listening to our first episode. It is still my dream to build this into an online and in-person community, so I am very thankful to those of you who contacted me via email and Facebook, and those of you who may have found me from my radio spot with CBC's Daybreak North. I'll link to that short interview as well as any books or podcasts I recommend in the show notes. I've been so honored by all the little shows of support that have come my way in the last month, and I want to express my gratitude and appreciation for them. I don't know what I expected, but an interview on Daybreak North was not one of them. I also want to highlight all my friends and family. I severely underestimated how much the people around me want to support me. So now that we are grounded and in community, let's start our first interview. I'm so honored, pleased, and excited to present Melissa Harris, a friend and fellow member of the Leading Change Initiative, who happens to be the person who suggested I take my desire for a community and make a podcast. We've spent the last year or so getting to know each other and supporting each other through the Change Project with our other cohort member, Cindy. I just want to note before we get started that our interview ended a little bit abruptly because life is busy and our interview was squeezed in beside a baseball game. So when the baseball game finished, So did we. Melissa Harris is currently living in the Timshan Territory in Terrace, BC. She belongs to the Gitsan Nation and is from the community of Gitwangak, BC. Melissa will tell us more about her journey as an educator and the way she's been in community as an educator. So hello and welcome. We're doing this podcast. We're doing it. It's my first guest. And I'm getting used to it. And we've got Melissa. Hi, Melissa. I guess, um, do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? And then I'll ask you how you got started in the early childcare and learning field. 
Hi, Danielle. Uh, my name is Melissa Harris. I am uh, situated on the Chimshan Territory here in Terrace, BC. Um, I'm a First Nations Indigenous Early Childhood Educator, and I am from the Gitsan Nation in Gitmungaf, BC. Nice. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about how you got involved in the early childcare and learning sector? Yeah, in uh, 2007, my daughter was born, so I was a part of our um, an early years group in the local community school. It, it was uh, Wa'umusimalga, and I just, I come from a, a pretty large group of educators in our family and that are all dedicated to um, culture and traditions and in the early years from uh, zero to 12. So just sitting, being a part of the environment, I've grown to love the ECE field. And just when I moved to Terrace in 2012, I started my my um, courses at the community college here while I was a stay-at-home mom. So what are you doing now? So now I'm a, a fully qualified early childhood educator. I have a license to practice. I have my infant toddler and I'm almost done my special needs. I am an owner and operator of uh, preschool, which I began in 2017 in Terrace, which I started with a very small group, which I've been in operation. I'm still currently, which we now serve and provide care to 23 families, ranging from age 30 months to five years old. Nice. Would you mind telling me a couple things that you're passionate about in the field? Yeah, so the most important passion that kind of inspires me and my practice is incorporating my own culture and traditions into my practice, which can look differently in so many ways. But kind of what I do outside of the childcare facility really supports my practice as well. And I like to utilize what my own knowledge and research and bringing that back to the childcare center. So, and I'm really passionate about being on the land mm -hmm. and learning about the people place and, you know, everything around us, how we connect children relationships to the land that we we're on every day. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to tell me a little bit about what being on the land with children looks like? Yeah, so being on the land, I like to provide a space where children can, you know, be themselves. Mm -hmm. Learning through play looks so different outside. Uh, we are very um, grateful to live in a very very beautiful part of northern bc and 
with the the location where the preschool is located is surrounded by a beautiful forest of different types of trees we have um you know hills we have it's just a really natural play space and being able to go out and absorb that is is so it's just very relaxing and mm-hmm. we have you know the forest provides huckleberries and mushrooms and different types of trees so one of the most important learning process with being on the land is how we treat the land with respect mm-hmm. you know taking only what we need and we just uh did a lot of connecting around Earth Day and what does that look like with children. And uh, my little child said that if we take care of the Earth, the Earth will be happy. Aww. So those are really valuable messages that, you know, kind of inspire me to connect to the land and with the children. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. It makes me think of how, like, I know in our center, we get outside and just like, you know, we're like immediately digging and immediately just like making a mark. And like, we used to have grass in our little play structure outside. And now we don't. (laughs) We have little patches. And just kind of that, like, tendency to kind of make, make ourselves known in a space. And not always think about making making the earth happy where we're at. And it's also like children learn differently when they're not in a space that's always enclosed. Like we always talk about the third classroom as, you know, one of the best teachers. And mm-hmm. I really value that as well. Absolutely. Is there anything else that like has been on your mind or made you excited lately? Yeah, so I am a part of the First Nations Pedagogy Network. It is hosted by BC Aboriginal Child Care Society. It's building on an opportunity to work within, working with the ECPN, which is the Early Childhood Pedagogy Network. And it's an Indigenous dream. Mm-hmm. It's a new program of support creation and sharing distinctly First Nations way of supporting children, families, culture, and communities. So a lot of the work that I've been doing with the network is we come together weekly and we discuss topics, uh, we share dialogue, um, conversation, uncomfortable conversations, Mm -hmm. connecting to our our own culture and traditions and how do we support those and how do we work within, you know, all the different resources and the different resources that we have that can support us and to support Indigenous children in the center. I really like hearing you talk about it. I like hearing about the idea of like going into those harder conversations because like it takes a lot of trust and stuff to build those, but I think they're really important. 
It is for sure. And, you know, some of those harder conversations, it's, it's usually between like when you're on the floor working with children, it's usually dialogue between educators mm-hmm. and, you know, sharing those more uh, intimate dialogue and conversation. And, you know, it's, it really goes back to the listening and building relationships together and, Having that deeper understanding is always very important. A part of supporting each other as educators, too. Yeah, because I think it's easy to forget that it's something that takes a lot of yourself to work in childcare and learning, right? Like that, that it does encompass deeper things. It's not a just come in and shut shut yourself off kind of job. Yeah, and they like. All of these, you know, historical events that are happening in the world right now and how they affect us and how we work with children too is oh yeah, is really challenging. And, you know, a lot of the staff have learned to do their own research and ask those questions too about, you know, how can we work together mm-hmm. to bring more awareness and, you know, the advocacy around the hard topics, not necessarily meaning that we, you know, we bring those into the center. And- right. But I think even if you're not bringing it into the center, it's still there, right? Because we're still living with those things. For sure. And so you still need to think about things, I think. Yeah, for sure. A lot of the work too that I've done is like with ECEBC since I've began my own pathway as an educator. Mm -hmm. I started coming out of, you know, the college, not really knowing who I am and what I was going to Mm -hmm. do. And um, I always remember that somebody has said that, you know, five years is the golden, golden year. If you're going to, if you stay within that five years, you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I always found a little bit disconnected, like from my community, just being an hour away. So I had to recreate that where I am now and find my own supports. And, you know, the the ECBC um, was a real supporter of my career and giving me the leadership and the strength and guidance, you know, following the code of ethics and, you know. Yeah. Those are all really, really strong, strong tools and resources that help me become the educator I am today. Mm-hmm. Alongside of having mentors who, who were very supportive and you know were able to help me get to where I am today. I like just looking at like how in my first episode, I was talking so much about wanting to build community and I like kind of looking at what you've said today and seeing the places where you've been part of community or plugged yourself into community to help make that for yourself. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Because like we can't, I think, you know, we get this idea or like there's a cultural idea that, you know, we can do things on our own. And like that independence. Yeah. And I think it's just becoming more and more clear that like we can't, we can't just do things on our own. 
No, we can't. We really need, I find to even to be, have that disconnect from my community, Mm -hmm. building new relationships with, you know, the community that I live on is so important. And it's, I found even supporting children with diverse, like diverse cultures, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had to build these relationships outside my own community, which helped because I can relate my own culture, you know, share what I know, but also being mindful of the the traditions and protocols that happen outside. Yeah. And I think that's something that I know for me, it's easy to think of things as just being one way. And that I can just kind of like move forward in that and not work in a fluidity of saying like, what are these people's traditions or protocols and stuff, right? Like, what are those things? Because being part of the group that steamrolled everybody, it's hard to stop steamrolling people. Yeah, for sure. And I think building that that connection and relationship is also so vital. And it's always, you know, it's challenging to build those. Yeah. Um, I had to really push myself outside of my own comfort zone as well and well I think we had a super productive conversation I think that was really good and it might be a little bit short but that's okay because I really liked it well thank you so much for taking the time I'm so thankful that Melissa was able to talk to us about her experience as an educator and that we could see how profoundly the group she's part of have become part of her practice as an educator. I'm grateful that Melissa was able to share her story of being an Indigenous educator who moved to a different community and used what she had learned from her home community and culture to make connections and establish a childcare center. I loved hearing about how she shares her passion for the land with the children in her care. One quote that I'd like to think about moving forward is, Children learn differently when they're not always in a space that's enclosed. And I really want to bring that into my practice moving forward. I'm honored that Melissa was able to share with us some of how FNPN works and how it is part of the network of communities that supports her in in her practice. I want to take a second to reflect on a question and invite you to reflect on it as well. What does Melissa's story say about building community as ECs and what our needs and hopes are? For me, Melissa's story reminds me that there are several different kinds of community that can support me in my practice as an educator. I'm reminded that I may have to step outside of my comfort zone to make these connections, but I can keep my eye out for and be guided by the traditions and protocols of these communities. It reminds me of my hope that we would be caring for children in a connected network of families and community members and not feel isolated. If you choose to reflect on this question, please share with us your thoughts. I will post this question in the show notes and on the Facebook page, and this is another segment that I hope to continue. I'd encourage you to connect with a person or a community this month. Reach out, maybe somewhere you were feeling a little bit shy about. Over the last few months, Melissa has recommended to me a book and a podcast, and I want to highlight them here. The book that was recommended is Indigenous Storywork by Joanne Archibald. This is an academic book from 2008, and Indigenous Storyworks talks about how Indigenous stories can be used to educate and how they can be preserved and brought back to life. I was fascinated by the discussion of the dichotomy of oral traditions and literacy and literary research, 
and just how much Jean Archibald stresses the protocols and traditions she followed in her research. I enjoyed reading Melissa's recommendation, and we talked about it a little bit, and I enjoyed hearing her insights about building community and respecting traditions and protocols of other nations and communities. It really is a great read for understanding how oral traditions and the people who hold them should and can be respected in our current culture. The podcast recommended to me by Melissa is the First Nation Pedagogies Network podcast. Melissa brought this podcast to my attention before it had released any episodes, and I was waiting for them with anticipation. This podcast goes over some of the hard topics that Melissa mentioned, and I'm finding it fascinating to follow. It can be found on Google Podcasts and the FNPN website. It's a small group of pedagogists discussing topics in a conversational format, and I love that type of podcast because I feel like I'm sitting in a room listening to friends. I haven't finished listening to the released episodes, but I've really enjoyed what I've experienced so far. I'm still working my way through my to-be-read pile, and it grows larger each week. But if you have a book, podcast, or documentary that you feel connects to any of the topics that we have covered, please send me an email at ecinruralbc at gmail.com. I also wanted to talk a little bit about this episode coming out in Child Care Month and a ride around Child Care Provider Appreciation Day. I want to acknowledge and thank the people who I've worked with and who support me and also the people who've cared for my children. We're a part of this community that supports children and families, and I do hope that this month we're able to find wonder, hope, and community as educators and child care providers, whether that's found in a resource, an act of gratitude, or a conference. Please connect with us to let me know how you found wonder, hope, or community this month. I also want to let you know that our next podcast episode will be about burnout. So if you have thoughts or feelings or stories that you'd like to share about burnout, please um, let me know and maybe I can share some of them on the podcast and we can open the discussion a little bit more. Wrapping up this podcast, I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of my community. Please reach out on Facebook or email if there's another platform that you would like to see me on. Let me know. My hope to connect via social media is moving slowly, but I hope to see you there and to make a connection. Once again, the link will be in the show notes. I would like to take a moment to leave in a grounded space and take one more deep breath to consider the community and webs of support that we're already in contact with and the ones that may still be made or connected to. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Danielle Schmucker, and this is EC in Royal BC, supported by ECBC, Women and Gender Equality Canada, and the Social Research Demonstration Corporation. Our guest today was Melissa Harris, and our episode was written, hosted, and edited by me, Danielle Schmucker. Our music today is by Joel Stildler. I hope you were able to connect with someone today, and thanks again for listening. <laughs>